We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to respond to Joe Biden's claim that everybody who voted against him, about 50% of the American people who vote Republican, are now somehow fascists. And at the same time, he's using his executive authority to put our country about a trillion dollars more in debt by throwing candy to prospective voters called Students with Loans. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. Today's topic is going to be Joe Biden's uh, claim, his accusation that the people who disagree with him, the heartland folks, the deplorables, those folks that vote for America, make America great again, that phrase is now considered synonymous with fascism by Joe Biden and his party. This is very dangerous rhetoric that Joe Biden and the Democrats are engaging in right now. They're calling you, if you disagree with them, if you disagree with their position on green economics, for example, if you disagree with them on their sexual nihilism, if you disagree with them on their agenda for education, if you disagree with them on border security, if you disagree with Joe Biden on any of these issues and you think America should be first when it comes to governmental policy, if you think that the Constitution should restrict the executive office, for example, if you think it's unconstitutional for the president to sidestep the legislative branch of our government, which has the authority to set the budget, approve the budget, and make sure that the executive does not run the country into the red to the extent that we're totally bankrupt. If you think that the legislative branch, by constitution, should have the authority to tell the president, no, you can't spend another trillion dollars on candy to throw at prospective voters called 18 to 21-year-olds that want their loans forgiven. Okay, You can't do that because we don't have the funds. Plus, those students, when they graduate and they're 22, 23, 33, 35, 45 years of age, have the responsibility to pay, to pay back their own loans. We don't think it's right or moral or good to have truck drivers and coal miners and farmers and ranchers and fishermen and anybody else who didn't get a college degree and decided to go to work and get their hands dirty and actually make a living rather than put themselves in debt, we don't think that you should impose the debt of college students who partied their way through four, five, six years of school, getting a degree in gender studies or basket weaving or socialism or Marxism, we don't think you should impose their debt on these other people who had nothing to do with that decision to borrow that money. If you say what I just said, you're now labeled a fascist, an enemy of the state, 
a domestic terrorist. You should be canceled and silenced. That's what you're hearing right now from the highest levels of government. And it's dangerous because that rhetoric will turn into action. It always does. I've said it a thousand times. Ideas have consequences. They never lie fallow. They always grow and always bear fruit. And if they are bad seeds, they are going to bear bad behavior. You just don't have people acting, excuse me, not acting, let me say it this way. You don't have people talking angry and hateful and have it in there. They will act upon it. When they talk, they eventually will walk. It always happens this way. If you're perpetually angry and hateful and vindictive in the way you communicate with people online or face-to-face, you eventually are going to start treating those people poorly because of the things you have been saying. Your talk will eventually end in a corresponding walk. And what you're hearing in the talk of Joe Biden and his party, the politics of the left, the angry, hateful, vindictive, divisive, balkanization of our culture, us against them, the 99% versus the one, Democrats against the MAGA Republicans, the deplorables, those folks that actually have an American flag flying in their front yard, and oh my land, if you've got a flag that says don't tread on me, then you're going to have the FBI knocking on your door. I mean, that's essentially where we are. And oh, if you've got a Trump flag or a Make America Great Again banner in your front yard or on your Facebook page or anywhere else, do you realize the President of the United States just called you a fascist? Now, I'm going to tie this whole attitude of fascism in with the student loan issue. There is a correlation here. That's the reason that we now have a trillion dollars more debt. Yes, it's a trillion. The Wharton School of Business now estimates that the actual cost of Biden's student loan, quote-unquote, forgiveness executive order will be $1 trillion over 10 years. A trillion dollars. Now, what does this have to do with fascism? Only a dictator has the power to bypass the constitutional authority of his nation and dip into the public purse, the treasury, if you will, ignore the Congress and say, I'm the king. I'm Louis XVI. I have the authority to do what I want with our nation's treasury, our crown jewels. I'll spend them as I wish. No one else can stop me. That's what our president just did. He ignored the Congress. He ignored the people. He ignored the Constitution. And he dipped into the national treasury, and he stole more money. Unfortunately, the money he's stealing right now is just borrowed. We don't have it anymore. He's putting our nation a trillion dollars more in debt, in addition to what he's already done. And the chickens are going to come home to roost. The people that he has essentially 
put that burden upon are going to rise up. They're going to rise up and say, stop it. You're, you, you've, you've, you've ignored our country. You've ignored our Constitution. Um, this is a fascist way to behave. You see, leftists, those who follow Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, always project their sins, their intended sins, that they are not confessing because they don't think they're sinful. They don't think they're wrong. But they always project those things, those evil things, those selfish things, those sinful ideologies. They always project that on their adversaries. They say, well, you're the one who's a fascist, when indeed they have fascist inclinations and ideals and ideas. And they don't really even apologize or confess them. They just distract from their own guilt by projecting their intended behaviors on their adversaries. That's what's going on right now. And the student loan issue is a direct correlation with this fascist attitude of our current government leaders. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and when I get back, we'll cover the student loan issue as reported by Robert Gangyong, uh, an author that you should be following. He has great stuff to say. And I'll also tie this into a definition of fascism. What is it? Biden clearly doesn't understand. He doesn't know which end is up. I don't think the guy understands much of anything any longer. But he doesn't even know what the definition of fascism is, and we'll deal with that. So let's take a break. We'll talk about these things. I'll be right, I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to the rebellion. All right, real quick, let's deal with... Um, the student loan situation. Now, Robert Gangyong, and I'll spell that for you. It's G-A-G-N-O-N. Robert A.J. Gangyong. G-A-G-N-O-N. Follow him on Facebook, and then maybe consider picking up some of his books. Uh, he's a Christian apologist. He is a theologian, and he also really writes well on contemporary issues because he understands the the overlap between what's going on in culture and what is the corresponding responsibility that Christianity has in engaging in the market square of ideas and not just retreating and letting uh, the culture go to hell in a handbasket. He understands that we are to be salt and light and engage and debate and make cogent arguments against the, the lunacy of what's going on right now. Why? Because if we don't do so, human liberty and human freedom will be lost. You know, some people, perhaps even some of uh, the folks in this circle that were, you know, the circle of influence with regard to this podcast and this radio show, might feel that it's uh, time for us to dis disengage and go into our little conclaves and just uh, hunker down and hide and let the storm blow over. Uh, you know, uh, God is sovereign, let him do his thing. It's not our responsibility to actually get out and fight for anything. Gang Yong disagrees, and so do I. Uh, if you don't fight for freedom and liberty, it's not just your freedom and liberty that's lost. It's your neighbor's. And don't you and I have the responsibility to fight for dignity, for humanity, for sanity, for liberty and for freedom for our neighbors. Don't we have the responsibility to do that just as much as we have the responsibility to make sure that they're fed and they have jobs and they have the opportunity 
to take, to take care of themselves. And if they've lost a job or if they've lost income, sometimes the Christian responsibility is to step in and help them. Why? Because we are our neighbor's keeper. We can't just ignore their plight. It's our responsibility to take care of those around us as much as it is to take care of ourselves. And if you don't do that, you're shirking your biblical responsibility. So if that's true when it comes to material issues like food and income, isn't it just as true when it comes to the issues of liberty and freedom? Don't you have the responsibility to fight for and protect that in your community as much as you do these other things? That's the argument that I'm making <clears throat> Excuse me, and I think that's also the argument that Robert Gangyong would make. So he's talking about this student loan thing. He's the one that reports that the Wharton School of Business is now saying that the uh, executive order, this was not a congressional decision. This did not go through the legislature. Joe Biden just ignored the Constitution and decided to put our nation $1 trillion more in debt. Okay. Um, Gang Young points that out. Now, he asks this question, or he makes this rhetorical point. Those who have not had the benefit of a college education, he says, have less potential earning power. We know that. The data shows that if you have a college degree over your lifetime, you're going to make a lot more money. The last data that I saw when I was the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, that if you have a college degree, um, you, you likely on average, will make over a million dollars over the course of your earning lifetime than you would if you didn't have that degree. I don't know if that's changed or not, but the bottom line is that's probably in the ballpark here, on average. Now, the issue is that's an on average uh, estimate based on all college degrees and all majors. Now, some college majors' uh, degrees are worth more money. For example, if you have a degree in engineering, you're probably going to make more money over the course of your life than you will if you have a degree in gender studies, all right? So we need to take that into consideration as we say people with a degree make more money over the course of their life. But the issue is here, it's your decision as to whether or not you choose to major in engineering versus gender studies. If you choose gender studies and then start complaining that you can't pay back your loan, you might want to look in the mirror to find who's re find out who's responsible for that, that lack of earning, that lack of getting a job. The fact that you have to go out and work at McDonald's isn't our fault. It's your fault because you're the one who chose the degree that doesn't actually have any earning potential. But the bottom line is overall, college students will make more money over the course of their lifetime than will those that didn't go to college. This is true for me, for example. My dad was a truck driver. Um, he, he didn't have a college degree. In fact, he didn't even graduate from high school. Um, I made more money over the course of my lifetime than he did. But he didn't begrudge that. He didn't, he didn't look at me and say, um, I, I resent the fact that you're making more money. He understood that the way to get up and out, if you will, was to go get an education, take it seriously, and then use it as a platform to do more than I've done, meaning himself, meaning drive truck. Now, I'm not disparaging truck drivers at all. In fact, I would say my dad was wiser and smarter than a lot of these people who have chosen to go to college and then go on and get a master's degree or even a PhD in these stupid esoteric majors or disciplines like gender studies. 
I mean, this is crazy to turn around and blame society and blame everybody else that you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt when you chose to go down that path. Gang Yong is pointing that out. He's also pointing out that Biden is trying to bribe young people. That's what he says in his in his Facebook pay, pay post, Gang Yong. He, he says Biden is bribing people, young people, with free stuff. And he says it's an illusion. It's a chimera. In, in fact, it will not even be college students who benefit in the long run, but rather the fiscally irresponsible colleges and universities. That's Gang Yong's point. And as a university president, I think he's got a point here. Because what's going to happen right now is because we haven't held the people responsible who have been borrowing the money and those encouraging it, the colleges, what's going to happen? Over time, there will just be an increase in tuition because the colleges and universities know that all of this borrowing will be essentially assumed by the government so they can just keep charging exorbitant fees and increasing those fees over time. I, I believe Gang Yong is right. Students will continue to borrow money because why not? Why wouldn't you borrow? It's going to be forgiven, quote-unquote, anyway. And why wouldn't the university just keep charging what they charge right now to those students So and just say, hey, borrow the money. It's not really going to be a major issue for you long term. So what Biden just did is guarantee that this irresponsible cycle of colleges encouraging irresponsible debt and students actually making the decision to take on that irresponsible debt, this irresponsible cycle will just continue. Um, Now, why does this have anything to do with fascism? Well, this is why. Listen to this. This is what Gang Yong is saying. And then I'm going to move to another article here and explain to you what fascism really is. Because we need to understand that what you're being accused of is not what you're doing, it's what your accuser is doing. All right. Gang Yong says this. This is just one more instance of Biden acting like a dictator, along with his tyrannical imposition of transgenderism and homosexualism in our schools throughout the nation, says Gang Yong. This is an example of Biden's tendency to just use his phone and his pen, to quote Barack Obama, to ignore the Constitution, ignore the Congress, ignore every other branch of government, and just as king, issue an executive order declaring that this is the way it's going to be. He's done it on uh, sex, um, the definition of sex with regard to Title IX. Um, He's done it on um, gender identity, sexual orientation, inclusion. He's he's issued executive orders on all this stuff and ignored Congress. And now he's doing it with regard to a $1 trillion expense when it comes to student loans. This This is a violation of Biden's own words. Less than three weeks before the 2020 presidential election, Biden said to George Stephanopoulos on ABC News that there were dangers, this is Biden, dangers in governing like a dictator. This is his quote, Biden's quote, I have this strange notion that we are a democracy, and if you can't get the votes, you can't legislate by executive order unless you're a what? Dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Close quote. That's Joe Biden. 
Well, then why didn't he get the votes from Congress to proceed with his crazy idea of incurring a, a trillion dollars more debt for our nation? Debt that's put on you and me, debt that can't be paid. He's printing monopoly money, and he's saying, okay, American citizens, over time, you'll have to pay for it because we're going to have to take more of your stuff away from you to cover this debt. We'll have to take your bank account, your retirement account, your property. We're going to have to take all this stuff because you're the ones who have been benefiting from all of this debt that we've incurred anyway, and now it's time for you to take the responsibility for solving the problem. We're going to take your stuff. That's where we're going. And you don't do that unless you're a dictator. Biden said that you don't do this kind of stuff unless you're a dictator. Let's read his quote one more time. I have the strange notion. We are a democracy. If you can't get the votes, you can't legislate by executive order unless you're a dictator. What he's doing with these Title IX dictates and this in this uh, forgiveness, quote-unquote, of student debt, and thus putting us $1 trillion more in the red, these are the actions of a dictator because he has not gotten the votes, his language, to legislate properly, constitutionally. He's issued executive orders, and thus, by his own language, he's a dictator. Now, in the last few minutes of the show. Again, what's this have to do with fascism? Well, what is fascism? Let's go to another article. This one is written by Don Fetter. He writes for the Washington Times. He's a former writer for the Boston Herald. Don Fetter is a syndicated columnist. Again, it's F-E-D-E-R. Don Fetter. All right, he has an article about a week old right now in the Washington Times, and he actually tells us what a fascist is. Now, I've talked to you before about fascism. I've told you what it is. Where does the word come from? Well, it's a a derivative of the word fascist. Now, what's a fascist? You've seen it repeatedly in the freeze work in some of our nation's monuments. It's a bundle of sticks bound together so tightly that it can't be broken. Often, a fascist has a hatchet head at the top of it, attached to the top. So what does it represent? It represents the power, the binding power of commonality. We are all one. And the hatchet head actually represents what you can do with that power. You can strike out. You can defeat your enemies. You can accomplish great things, uh, sometimes with uh, violence, if necessary. That's the fascist. That's where we get the word fascism. You come together, you will be one of us. You will look like us, you will walk like us, you will talk like us, you will believe like us, you will speak like us, you will write like us. And if you do differently, you're not part of the common bond, the fascist, and therefore we will crush you until you agree to become one of us. That's fascism, okay? Now, it's... it's come to represent the power of big government, the power of us all becoming one big government and crushing dissent. Okay, now I want you to ask yourself a question. Who is in favor of big government? Who actually believes in crushing dissent, silencing those who disagree, either 
through ad hominem attacks and Socratic fallacies by lying about your opponents and claiming that they believe something they don't, or actually reaching out with government rules and regulations and silencing them. Who believes in that? Do you believe that Democrats believe in big government, big government authority, executive power, more so than Republicans? Well, if you do believe that, you're right, because Democrats are a a hierarchical party, top-down, believing that it's okay for Obama to use his phone and and his pen to get good things accomplished because the legislature doesn't believe in those good things, so the president should just ignore the legislature, legislature excuse me, and do it himself. That's the Democrat philosophy today, and they don't even hide it. Joe Biden is doing it. Barack Obama did it. This is a group of politicians ex- exercising unilateral control. Unilateral control. The power uh, and authority of being in a big government where we're all together, bound together so tightly that those who disagree can be crushed. That's fascism. So now you have the fascists accusing those that disagree with fascism. We have the fascists calling their opponents fascists. Again, this is projection. This is a Saul Alinsky tactic. Democrats don't believe in small government, laissez-faire economics. They disagree with it vehemently. So fascism has been around a long time. Mussolini is synonymous with fascism in Rome. The Third Reich had fascist components to it. Fascism uses violence to achieve its ends. Okay, BLM, riots in 2020. We have the Massachusetts Attorney General. Healy, who is now a candidate for governor, said that arson was a good thing. This is a quote from the the attorney general in Massachusetts. Yes, America is burning, but that's how forests grow. So I guess it's a good thing to burn America so that we can have a forest grow out of the ashes. That's fascism. And how about Kamala Harris tweeting her support to get bail funds for the rioters that were burning the streets in Kenosha and other cities across the land, Portland and whatnot. These are left-wing crazy ideas. These are fascist ideas. you got to wonder, where are the stormtroopers? Fascists trample on the law of order. They don't enforce borders. They uh, encourage illegal immigration. They, infu- they refuse to enforce laws that are on the books. This is what's going on right now. And fascists always need scapegoats. It was Jews during World War II, Germany, and now it's mega Republicans in the United States. They're accusing you of being the fascist. They need a scapegoat to hide their own sins. It's totalitarian. It's, it, it's the road to serfdom. To quote Friedrich Hayek, this is crazy talk. This is fascism. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.